Yeah, right. <laughs> that was the biggest kicker for me at the time to say, no, nah, I'm done. I'm not going to continue my military career. I don't it's want demanding. to. Because I extended my second tour. I actually extended. Yeah. Um, because my, my four-year contract was up. And you don't even have kids in you, so we're like. Two, was it? Three months into the deployment, um, some of the guys that I came in with. And this is the thing about the regular army. I had one dude, Coleman, if you ever listen to this, shout out to you. He and I were in the same basic training um, company. He was in first platoon. I was in second platoon because of the okay. alphabet. He was yeah. a C. I was a D. So oh, I ended up in yeah. second platoon. Yeah. He was in first platoon. <laughs> I was in second platoon as well. <laughs> I did. Not only did I go through basic training with him, we went to the same unit, to the same battalion, the same company, the same platoon. And I've heard his name. I've heard you mention For before. our entire career, I spent yeah. with him my entire fucking career. Another guy was Swindle. Eric I've heard his name as well. Shout out to Eric. But entire career. That doesn't happen, I feel like, anymore. And the reason why I feel like it doesn't happen anymore is because of the surge and because of the way things were run. So when I became an NCO, technically, by the book, when you become an E5, you get the fuck out of wherever you are. Mm -hmm. You go to another company. You go to another brigade. You go to another oh, unit. Yeah. Yep. Because yes. you can't yes. run. You cannot be a leader for people who they, are just They see it as conflict of interest, yes. And I don't blame them. Yeah. At the time, not true. You're an E5. Well, because they... You better go fuck up your homies because they fucked up Yeah, yesterday. well, like you said, the surge. So you, you just... It's a little bit of just dealing with what, what you're, you're... It's a shit sandwich. And you just kind of got to be like, look, we can't even... We need all hands on deck and, and you can't go somewhere else now. You just have to... For me, though... You just have to... Becoming an E5 and being in charge of my buddies was the singular strongest leadership experience or course i've ever had to i believe go that through. i was about to say i don't think you i don't I, there might have been challenges but i don't think you struggle i'm sure you didn't like fail or it was hard know, as fuck it, it no matter who it you are it's gonna be as fuck. no matter who you are it's gonna be but if you're the right type of person to draw lines around we're here for this and also when you're off you can have a good time. It's you have. It's a rare type of person that could be a leader, especially in a combat platoon. Like we're talking about dangerous stuff that you're training for. It might. You might not even find. Maybe. May you might be one of the few people that could that could be that leader and also balance that you were buddies with them before. And that is so tremendously difficult. That that might be impossible. But if anybody could. I was fortunate <laughs> enough that two of my buddies weren't very far behind me in becoming NCOs, which so made it easier. Smoother, yeah. And and on top of that, we had gotten a bunch of new... So that six-week period, we had gotten like 25 new or 30 new privates. Oh, that helps it. But, but they you see have to you in the leadership here. sense yes, right they, away. So they right. already see yeah. me as an NCO. Right. My buddies, who are specialists, E4 Mafia, That's shout out to those people. Tough. Don't look at you in that way because you're the same dude that I was doing push-ups with a couple of weeks ago. You're the same dude that I went through basic training that's with. Why if you wanna, with. That's why if you want to make this work, your approach to that leadership can't just be the typical military, I'm going to yell and not think and consider and I'm just going to yell. Like That's not going to work in that scenario at all. That's not going to – you have to be someone who engages and, and is has depth to their leadership and can – manage complex situations you can't just be this linear Dah! it's not gonna make it work not gonna make it work it's gonna be real bad actually <laughs> you, th that person's gonna go from that might be best friends with someone and then once they make them the leadership depending on which kool-aid they drink or depending on if they drink the kool-aid or if they stay in their old mindset that person could immediately be not your friend yeah immediately yep it's tough <laughs> it's tough Especially if they drink the Kool-Aid. You know what I mean by that? Like if they're just like, well, I, Army's my career. And I'm not hating on that. 
I shouldn't shouldn't say it like that, but um, yeah, they'll be like, well, this is my career, and like you're just a friend, which not wrong necessarily. Yeah, but it's complicated. <laughs> a lot of people don't have the wherewithal to turn that switch on appropriately, no. though. You know, especially with your homies, especially with all the guys that you were with for every single shitty. I agree. Here's the thing, too. Like with Coleman, for example, every shitty experience I've ever had in the army, that dude was right there next to me. Right. He knows exactly how I was feeling. So I would complain to him like, fuck this NCO, fuck that NCO. Right. LT has no idea what he's doing. He's a piece of shit. And then the next day you got to turn around and be like, oh, now I'm the NCO. Especially when you, especially when you don't agree with orders, but you just have to deliver orders, especially. Because you were complaining about things that you're probably well within your rights to complain about. And then the next day, because you are leadership and you don't get to make decisions, everybody above you does, you have to deliver the same thing. Which is a the funny thing. thing to point out because most people think that you get into leadership and now you're making no. direction. No. You're the one I, making I never those choices. <laughs> I never, see, I think that's how I was able to not hate people. Like my drill sergeants, I never hated. There was one that there was one that everybody like hated. Like I didn't care. Were, were they nicer to me than everybody else? That's why. No, I just didn't care. I, I had we. Had I, I remember sergeant. that it's their job. I, I don't. Right. I don't take it personally. And a lot of people they just have such a hard time like separating that. It's. I, I remember at the so at the end of for us when we went through basic training, there was like a check the box of the best drill sergeant, the worst drill sergeant, et cetera. Oh, et cetera. yeah, we didn't have that. So, well, because what they did is the commander and the first sergeant would take that and they would write the NCOERs for these drill sergeants for each cycle. I think that's the right thing to do. So if you got written down taken... as a bad drill sergeant for whatever reason, that might reflect negatively on your NCOER. It might. For few, it might. Right. It might. Right. This one dude, I think his name was Drill Sergeant Delgado, and I think I remember him being National Guard. And I remember him coming out, and I think we were his last cycle. Oh, these National Guard. So we were, this was, well, you got to remember, everybody that was worthwhile was deployed. Right. Because everybody was going to, again, surge. So you're getting National Guard guys, you're not getting regular Army guys. Yeah, yeah, I don't think I saw that, so that's that's fair. He, I remember, ripped out, this was the last day, you're in final formation, your class A's, you're ready to go, you got your units, you got your orders to go to your next unit, I'm going home for two weeks, F this place, it's over. over. right. Right. There's no more he brain fucking. Storming <laughs> out of the barracks. Cussing like crazy because for like the third time in a row, he was voted worst drill sergeant. Oh, that's his own fault. And he slammed his... <laughs> that's his own fault. He slammed his lid on the ground and stomped the shit out of his drill sergeant hat and just left. That's when... So that actually would scare me more than just the typical drill sergeant because he means it. That's not his job. He actually is upset. And is like so when they're just drill sergeanting, who cares? That's their job, right? But when they're actually like, that makes me go, whoa! That guy's like out. That guy's legitimately upset. Like he's outside of the zone <laughs> of I'm playing a role. Yeah, he's well. Look in the mirror. Going. One look of the things the I want to ask oh, sorry, you about no. is when you were deployed. Yeah. I know that obviously everybody has a different experience when they're deployed. Uh-oh. Obviously, and here's the other the theme thing of the that pot I, is different experiences. Go well, ahead. sure. But <laughs> no, I, I think fine. what's unique <laughs> about, and, and a lot of people don't understand is there's this weird area, gray area for deployments. And what I mean by that is, is just because you're a 35 golf doesn't mean you haven't been shot at. Doesn't mean you haven't been blown up. That's true. If you are an 11 Bravo, it also doesn't mean that that's you, true. Yeah, you've been in those situations. There's tendencies, but yeah. Because you can be an 11 Bravo, be the biggest bag of garbage. Never even deploy. Maybe never even deploy. Well, or if you would have to deploy, but you would be in the talk. 
Right. Yeah. You've never yep. done yep. anything. You've never you've never shook hands with an Iraqi other than to get your hair cut right. down at the market, you know, on Saturday or whatever. Right. So what I find interesting about that is when people hear like you've deployed, you've got a bunch of people who you know haven't done anything talk about things like they have done things. And you've got another subset of people who have never done anything who refuse to talk about anything because it's What do you mean severe... haven't done anything? And what do you mean like so what are these who are these people you're describing? Like, so Are you are you talking about person... the insufferable veteran who continues to talk about Yes. Okay. Okay. That's what I thought I'm, you were. I'm ta- I remember being I remember <laughs> having a conversation with somebody and they didn't know I was also a veteran and I'm sitting with That's this happened one to me guy. a lot. I'm sitting with two guys, two guys. One of them I know, it's it's my wife's cousin's husband. Great dude. Sure. Never served, but he's just awesome dude. Sure. He's sitting there with me. We're having a conversation with this third guy who literally at one point said, you should thank me for your freedom because of everything I've done. And I turned around and I was like... Too self-serving guy. Do you know what I said? I Too said, no, I don't owe you a fucking thing. Nobody does. Because you volunteered. Right. Remember, did you tell him that you had served yet? Cert, not at that point. Ooh, I love it. Because he's like, he's like, and how then he got upset. dare yeah, this person? He's like, <gasps> what have did you it? done? What do you know? <laughs> you don't, you don't know what I've done. And that's when you're that's like, oh, job. actually, right? I did serve. I did do my two deployments. And yeah, have, guess what? I volunteered. I just have something called humility. <laughs> you may want to drink a little bit of that into you, but so your experience, your first deployment, yeah. both of them were to, to Afghanistan. Yes, the first one was. Are, were they in the same place? No. So okay. the first one was in northern Afghanistan, and this is going to be. I'm loving this conversation. So this is so my my two my two deployments were extreme. Well, mostly because we should have done this before. Anyways, so my right. two my two deployments, but you don't think of it until no. it's almost like when I go for these crazy long runs yeah. when I haven't done any exercising for months. I'll just get off the couch and be like, I'm going to run nine miles. Okay, so let's pause right there. Sure. Right. Let's expand on that. Okay. Because this, to me, is the crux of the argument. And we could take religion out of it if you want. I do think it plays a part. You can but present let's, it let's, how you want. Let's, let's focus on this point, because I think this is important. 